Hey guys, I just realized a uh-huh. big mistake. Uh, oh. I my call recorder had, did not start automatically. I just started it now. Welcome to the final Flash Flashcast for Season 1. This was our summer hiatus special where we went through and reviewed the episodes we didn't cover the first time around. We are rounding the bases on third, well, we're on third base heading towards home with the final three episodes of the run that we did not cover the first time through. They are episode number 7, 17, Power Outage, which originally aired November 25th, 2014. Episode number 8, Flash versus Arrow, which aired on December 2nd, 2014. And episode number 9, The Man in the Yellow Suit, has nothing to do with Curious George, and it aired on December 9th, 2014. With you as always, I'm Lisa Schmeiser, and with me as always are Tony Sindelar. Hello. And Phil Mozilak. Hi. All right. We've all watched these episodes again. We're pretty sure what's going on. What's top of mind for you guys? Inconsistencies? Anything detected? Uh, do we did we pick someone to do the, uh, I don't know how many seconds recap you get for, for three episodes? Oh, my gosh. You're right. We have to do that. Previous, you know what I have ringing through my head is my name is Barry Allen. <laughs> Your name is not Barry Allen, exactly. to my knowledge. Yeah. No, know. it's, it's, it's when you watch three of these in a row and, uh, you know... So the impossible happened, and then a freak event made me the impossible. Um, I don't know. We could draw straws for it. I would say we could rock, paper, scissors it, but we're on the phone. We can't see. Um, so we're not okay. No one, no one has, no one has prepared. Well, I can give it a try. There That's, we go. Uh, that, that sounds better than what I would say. So uh-huh. <laughs> I would do it poorly. Yeah. So. Well, I didn't say I'm going to do it well. I'm just going to say to try. All right. So um, we're going to actually do these as one big mashup. Then yeah, do um, it. So, I'm going to... One, two, three. Ronnie dominates these episodes in a way that I really wish he wouldn't. So, Caitlin flips out for three episodes straight because she's convinced that her boyfriend is still out there somewhere, only with the minor inconvenience of being homeless, smelly, under a bridge, and prone to bursting into flames at odd moments. Sure enough, all of these things are true, and he gives her the Christmas present of saying, Don't look for me again! Before bopping off into the ether. Um, Other significant developments include... um, us seeing Robert Nepper playing the clockmaker, doing a wonderful job of it. Um, but he's actually the B villain of the week um, in one episode. We have a magnificent CW crossover between the Arrow and, um, and uh, the Flash. Yes, thank Flash. you. I was blanking on both of their names when I watched both those shows. It's so embarrassing. Um, wherein we establish that Barry Barry has heart, but Oliver has meanness, and the two of them are like a giant Reese's peanut butter cup of crime fighting when they're together. And we finally have a Christmas episode where we meet the man in the yellow suit, who is the reverse Flash, beats the snot out of Barry, um, beats the snot out of Dr. Uh, Wells, and then disappears. And what he does is he gives everybody kind of a Christmas present that leads into the next two-thirds of the season. Uh, what nasty villains do... Ooh, you know what? I've already blown through and done 50 uh, and, and done in uh, a minute and 15 seconds so we'll just have to discuss the villains later <laughs> i think I we'll do that yeah, yeah we'll do that <laughs> you you hit the i feel like you hit the 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 big points of the season that yeah. moves forward so that was that was pretty good mm-hmm. so that was it um to be honest with you like i i was bored during power power outage like of the three episodes that was the one where my attention just kept sliding away from the screen which is unfortunate so- and I, I've seen that episode. I watched that. I watched Power Outage twice this week mm-hmm. in preparation for this, and I had seen it previously. And I, I mean, I, I haven't put them all in a graph. Yeah. But episode seven, Power Outage, may be 
if not the worst, it's certainly up there for like the weakest episodes in season one of Flash. It's it does not fit together. And I wonder if it's because it's almost like a bottle episode, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like we have these two plot lines going on. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people are trapped at Star Labs, and that could be kind of cool, but yeah. it's not really. Uh-huh. A bunch of people are trapped in the police station. That's not very cool. And it's also like it doesn't totally make sense. Like how does one guy with a gun basically take down like, you know, I mean, I guess he takes yeah. hostages. But it's like where where are all the other people that work in this building? In a police uh, are, building, no less. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a waste of Robert Nepper. Cause... Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love the Clock King as a, yeah. as a Batman villain because mm-hmm. he's he's ridiculous. And I mean – it's hard to make him feel too, you know, villainous or intimidating because like his thing is, I mean, usually in his other appearances, he, he plans capers. Right. And so he has these like methodical capers and he does not have a caper here. He's just taking hostages and making lots of time-based literary quotes. Yeah. Tony, I was going to say, what, what is the clock King's power? Because it seems as though he's just a literature major. He, he does not really have a power. I mean, I guess he's a, a great, He's he's your criminal mastermind yeah. type person, so he'll put together these uh, elaborate heists that involve like you know knowing exactly when the trains will be and when the garbage truck will be late and when somebody will go for a coffee break and you know so he does these precision mapping of things so that he can you know get get away with stuff right at the but his his superpower is basically that he's uptight um so he's the, it's not in, really a true superpower in this tv in the tv in the cw arrowverse that they've pulled together he's also very very good with computers wow and, they just really overlooked that didn't they well, they, they they made him really, really good with computers. There was a throwaway line in episode number seven about him, the damage he could do with like an eight megabyte drive. Yeah. And um, this actually leads me to believe that we're going to find out that he's Felicity's dad at some point. That would be, wow. I had never thought of that. That would be interesting. But oh. they've dropped, they've dropped, they drop a lot of hints. Um, they, they've begun mm-hmm. amping up the whole, your dad who loved you and left and your father who you were smart, like your father and you have your father's gifts and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And there had been enough lines dropped about the clock King in previous episodes. Cause this was not his first appearance in the arrow in, in the arrow flash verse. There've been enough lines dropped about him too, where I, and wonder, I, could, I, I know, dread how they'd explain it, but I really think that we're coming around to finding out that Felicity is the daughter of a supervillain. That's it. That, that, that is coming. That seems like it. And I, I don't I don't know if Clock King would be at the top of my list for that. Uh-huh. Um cuz there could be especially since Arrow is willing to grab from the, the Batman um yeah. world. Mm-hmm. Um you know the Riddler could be another uh, uh good supervillain who's who is sometimes shown to be as kind of a hacker. Yeah. Um a True. really weird creepy one uh would be Jarvis Tetch uh the Mad Hatter <gasps> Who has a fascination with blondes who look like Alice and from Alice from Wonderland? So and his like, and Felicity's mom looks like that too. Um, yeah, so that would be and and he's sometimes I mean he's like a computer hacker sometimes where he yeah. uses like mind control chips to is make he, people. His his is his face are always ridiculous. Is he alive? Is he alive again in the DC universe? Because Gail Simone killed him off in Villains Unlimited. I don't remember. I I don't know. I guess I have not seen him in a long time. Because Ragdoll, Ragdoll's like, there can only be one of Feet Weirdo on this team and it's me. Like, that's pretty much a paraphrase of the actual line and killed him. Um, And I apologize for those of you who haven't read a comic book series that's 10 years old. It was a side plot anyway. (laughs) Um, I I suspect if he's been killed, if he was killed off 10 years ago, he's he's back. back, Yeah, that's like the Well, that was also, that was pre-New 52, right? So Yeah, that's pre-New 52. That was back when they did, like, the original 52. So that was a long time ago. So he's he's probably back. Anyway, yeah, number seven, it's, it's, 
it's a pity because it's a waste of Robert Nepper, who is generally very charismatic and fun to watch and great on screen. And um, it's just kind of a snooze fest. Well, and, I mean, the major point of it is the Flash loses his power. Yeah. And then and the stinger kind of is, cool. how do you, how do you, how did you do that? And, you know, well, yes. And then he, he basically, and then he, he gets his power back, but better, right? So he has leveled up, I guess. And, but it's, it is kind of the, one of the more pointless episodes. And I thought, you know, it's, it's got these ingredients that are kind of interesting. Like, I, I mean, I thought the guy who played, um, Blackout, I think his name only gets mentioned. Yeah. Uh, his villain name only gets mentioned once, but he gets, he gets called by his human Baruch, name. He gets called Baruch. Baruch a lot. Um, I thought that actor was, you know, did okay for a, a character that there's not a lot of depth to. And, you know, he was menacing and, you know, the effect to him looked look pretty good. And, yeah. you know, the stuff with him stalking them through Star Labs could have been, you know, more interesting than it was. But there, there just wasn't a lot of – it was kind of like this episode had two B-plots, right? I mean, yeah. The interesting stuff in Flash is usually not the villain of the week, and this this week we had two villains of the week, and that, yeah. that didn't actually help. No, and the and Barry has a little bit of an ID crisis where he's like, I really don't want to be Barry Allen, I want, I want to be the best version of me, which is the version with the superpowers. Mm-hmm. And I believe Doctor Wells, uh, that that is the episode I think where Doctor Wells is talking into Gideon and says, well, he hasn't gotten as fast as he could. And he checks the, and then there's the point in the middle of the episode where he flips out, checks the future, and um, the new headlight is not flesh, disappears, <laughs> Red Sky's gone, it's Postal Service shuts down, Red Sky's still I was medicine. impressed that the Postal Service made it that far. Good job, guys. Well, what was <laughs> That I, is a good I, job. Good job. Because I'm, to- I'm a total nerd, I paused both times to look at the headlines, and in the first one, the lower left-hand corner has um, a miniature woolly mammoth charming people at the zoo. <laughs> right, right above that is a note that um, Wayne and Queen, like uh, spinoff corporations of both Wayne Industries and Queen Consolidated, are merging, and the merge was successful. The Flash disappears, and then Red Skies go away, and somehow those two are apparently not related. And then in the alternate future, after Barry loses his powers and and Doctor Wells is having the flip out, um, you'll be glad to know the the woolly mammoth is still charming people. But, oh, I, that is good to know. Good news. Uh, that the Queen Consolidated Wayne Enterprises merger gets called off at the last minute. Oh, and then the maybe is- maybe because maybe uh, uh, you know future future Batman and future Green Arrow are not not good buddies if they don't have Barry to you know introduce them and yeah and you know play pinnacle that. together or whatever happens. Yeah, he's an adhesive, yeah. a social adhesive. Yeah. He's, I think, he yeah, he's, he's a lot of the glue on the Justice League. So, That's actually yeah. a really great description as a social adhesive. But yeah, the top thing is, oh, the postal service is not postal servicing anymore. And then mysterious red skies are still hanging over the city. And like what kills me is that mysterious red skies hanging over the city like goes below the fold. It's not like the lead story <laughs> on, a, on a website, which, which would be, oh, God, yeah. we're all going, the skies look like blood. We're all going to die. Should be like the lead on that. And says, so, nope, it was a good run, postal service. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is also a biblical prophecy about the end of the postal service, so that that gets you know it get pushed up. So <laughs> they had already done two weeks on the skies. You know, you only you only have to look up to see that the sky are still red. It's not if you're reading it in a newspaper, it's too yeah. late. So. <laughs> oh. so, and we do, but we do get a uh, some insight on Harrison Wells and what mm-hmm. he will do in yeah. order to keep his people safe. He'll throw girder to the electricity. Yeah. Or I should say blackout. Yeah, I guess, so, I, so we get we get some information, <clears throat> I guess, about Wells's motivation, and we get a little. We, I guess we we get a lot more time with him in in his room yeah. than we had in previous episodes, and that it happens, you know, in the throughout the episode as opposed to just like little teasers at the end. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but I I think seven was like the weakest of the series so far, and uh, 
then things get a little bit more interesting in Flash versus Arrow because it's it's cross it's it's cross show world building. Mm-hmm. And it does a great job of point. Like I love it when Oliver shoots Barry, and he's all what? And he's like, "Look, you are fast, but you cannot outrun a projectile that's meant to harm you. You're going to have to learn how to fight." And um, there's a lot of, I love about that episode that I can just squeeze out in a minute. But number nine is just such a game changer, and I had forgotten that until I watched it again, and I watched it with fresh eyes, and was like. Holy cow, they went into winter hiatus in this episode. That's like the the greatest thing you could do from a dramatic perspective and the cruelest thing you could do <laughs> to viewers. You know, because you had weeks of, what? What is going on? But um, what I loved about the crossover is is how Dingle is, is, is like the grown-up in the room. <laughs> because they, they force him to hang out with Caitlin and Cisco, And he's like, I cannot believe I'm in the room with these two clowns. I don't even know what my life is right now. <laughs> Well, and the th- and it's funny because they had that whole, um, you know, before we had gotten started on this, it was basically the Guy English, Phil Moslack con- bone of contention, which is mm-hmm. who wins in a fight. And yeah. Diggle is basically putting up there like, you don't know how many people he's killed with arrows, you yeah. know, and they're kind of doing making their bets. Yeah, because they're like, oh, he can go. They're like, and they're like, oh, an arrow can only go so many hundred miles per hour, and Barry can easily outrun one. And, and Diggle's like, I don't think you need to. I don't think it's a matter of outrunning an arrow. It's a matter of not seeing the arrow coming, which is mm-hmm. what he was getting at. Um, I also enjoyed how Doctor Wells is very dismissively to Phyllis at one point. Yes, yes, you're very smart, and just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> and um, which is kind of odd, given like the previous crossover, which I think was episode number three or four when Felicity pops out. It's not five is plastique and that's not him. I think it might be an episode number four. I think you're going, right. Going rogue. I, I did find it. This is, this is the episode that my nine-year-old daughter found mm-hmm. a real inconsistency about. We're oh, dealing with, yeah, we're dealing with the uh, villain prism who can mm-hmm. uh, give people the ability to rage out just by yeah. looking at them. Mm-hmm. When, he goes after when Barry goes after him by himself as the arrow says, don't do. And everybody says, don't yeah. do. And he gets uh, whammied, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the moment Barry starts to freak out and start getting angry in the police station, he red eyes Joe. Mm-hmm. And technically, from what we saw in the beginning of the episode, that should, should have, have made pages. Joe red eyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. Yeah, I guess they kind of. Well, I guess because did we see anybody get red eyed who was not near Bivolo? It's weird because I don't yeah. know if they. I mean, is the whammy contagious? I thought um, it was. It looked like, or it is was. it, it, or sure is it more looked- like? Is it like a server client relationship, or is it a peer to peer relationship? Cause, <laughs> yeah, because well, if it's a server client thing, then it's Bivolo just sending it out and infecting people, and he can keep mm-hmm. sending that signal to as many clients as possible. But if it's peer to peer. And then by all rights, almost anybody Barry ran into in beat up should have been whammy too. I will say that first scene does make it look like it's kind of like a virus spreading between people. Yeah. But then the rest of the episode, but he is there. He is physically present in that room. And then, but then the rest of the episode, it's more like he looks at you and you're and you're zapped. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I mean he may be one of the dumber. Flash villains. Well, for God's um, sake, the name Roy G. Bivolo is yeah. Roy to, G. Bivolo is certainly like how like, drunk or desperate on deadline names. were they on? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that he's you know he's from the comics, and that's like yeah. one of those names I just can't take seriously at all. Exactly. Um, that that's but, the but one. I think this episode that, whoa, 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 is so whoa, whoa, solid. Tony, yeah. Tony, wait a minute. Yeah. That's the one. 
Uh, yeah, Roy okay. G. Bivolo. Okay. I, w- I just want it on record. That's the one. I mean, mm-hmm. that's I, I think that's the, the worst. Like, okay. I would not name a child Roy G. Bivolo. I, no. I mean, there's all the other ones where they, you know, where, you know, his, what is Clock King's actual name? Something like, you know, basically sounding like talk or something yes, like that. And, yes, yes. You know, and Edward Nygma. Talkman. But Roy G., yeah, but Roy G. Bivolo is, is the dumbest one. So. Well, the name Reggie Bivolo is just unforgivable. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of want that as an alias, to be honest with you. I think it would be kind of awesome. I suspect it's available. Um, so, um, but yeah. Oh, but he's also known as the Rainbow Raider. I forgot about that because that's a better name. The Rainbow Raider. Yes. Yeah. He's. That I honestly forget. sounds like a float in a pride parade. You got it. <laughs> Well, or like a pirate that attacks floats in, in Pride Parade, or like, so or right. like a, or like a Ralph Nader-esque crusader who is working on civil rights, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would vote for the uh, Rainbow Raider Party. I'm just saying. Um, you know, I mean, it sounds happy. It sounds very fun. Yeah, sounds progressive. What more do you want? Sure, yo ho, yo ho, makes... the prism's life for me. There you go. Yo and ho, I, I forget. You know, I mean, he could come back later and use. We, you know, we only get to see the red. Presumably, he's got a whole spectrum of color powers he could he could use. And, and now that the know. movie Inside Out is out, we've been taught to associate different colors with different emotions. Yeah, there so, you go. so he could zap people. Who knows what indigo will do? That'll oh be my lord! Oh no, we don't want to know what indigo will do. It'll be terrible. It'll, everyone yeah. be emo and moody. And <laughs> uh, you know what's funny I, is it, this is very interesting. We've we've mm-hmm. we've kind of alluded to the Rainbow Raider action. This is also the same episode that Captain Singh uh, talks about his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it gets mentioned it mentioned mentioned in a couple other places too. But yeah, I like how I ones. like how matter of fact it is, and how it's just not a big deal for anybody at the station. Mm-hmm. That yeah, seems a little that well. seems a little wonky to me. But but that, well, maybe that's me. This is a universe where crazy stuff has happened and Roy G. Bivolo is allowed to rampage through unimpeded. So for all we know, they've got a better perspective on civil rights than we do. In also, universe. doesn't Barry steal like his cheeseburger from his desk and, and like literally in front of him? And he's just like, I guess cheeseburgers disappear. That's the world we live in now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that line just <laughs> The world we live in. No, I guess you know what? When a cheeseburger can get stolen from the desk of a police captain, like it's time, it's time to move out. Don't live in that city anymore. The metahumans are out of control. No cheeseburger is safe. It's not the it's not the robberies and the loss of human life. It's the fact that you can't. Your lunch is not safe. (laughs) How many lunches does the Flash steal like on a weekly basis? It's well, he's got that. Crazy These are questions that Eddie's task force is going to find the answers to. Is there like you know how there was. There's a deleted scene much, much later in the season that covers one of our questions about this, the meta prison that is below. I wonder if there's another deleted scene where Caitlin and Cisco are trying to come up with like the equivalent of a cliff bar for, for Barry so that he is not effectively eating 87 tacos every time he, he Doesn't, runs. Isn't there a mention where he, he does some, I thought, I thought early on yeah. there's a mention where, 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 uh, it's in his suit. Cisco specifically gives him something. Yeah, um, like there's a pocket in his suit for his for his little. And he has some high protein synthetic food. Or yeah, super, oh super Cliff Bar. Yeah, yeah some su- kind of intense granola bar. I know in the, in the in Young Justice, mm-hmm. um, Kid Flash has like I, it looks like he just has like a vial of insulin that he jabs into his arm like every couple days. 
uh-huh. that he keeps in like his wrist. That seems really so, smart because um, you, you kind of want to deliver that stuff right where it's needed. Um, yeah, because Barry's calorie load is insane, and it's mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, episode it is, I think, episode number eight where like it starts off with Barry. Um, I can't help, but I love to do good for everybody, and. He paints. He like paints a shelter on his way to work, and he gets everyone coffee. Isn't that yes? Kind of, but, that yeah. that was that was the previous uh, one. Yep. Oh exactly. no, is that seven or eight? That was seven. That was seven. Okay, that, yeah. That was the whole idea that his. his I can't do that of, anymore. What do I do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the episode where he gets like uh, attempted mugged. At, yeah. Like, nine, and he starts laughing, and he's like, "No, this is great." And the guy's like, yeah. "I don't." And this is actually the problem with Central City's criminals is they let people monologue at them. Because Barry yeah. is like laughing at this guy, and like, no, no, this is great. Let me just have a selfie. And the guy is like holding the gun. And I thought, son, you lack conviction because you could have just shot him yeah. already. <laughs> well, I feel like that's not that guy is not a great. We have, I mean, there's a lot of problems. There's the, the guys that you know they mm-hmm. have the knife and they're walking up to Ronnie and they're like, let's taunt you before you turn on fire. Yeah. Um, but that mugger, I mean, that guy is mugging people on a main street outside of a coffee shop at like 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Central City. So I mean, you kind of deserve it. You, you kind of deserve it, so um, you know. I'm assuming that he was up late and that he's not like a, you know, a seize the day out up up in the, up in the early early mugger gets the, the, the <laughs> early the flash, mugger apparently. Get, early yeah. mugger gets the wallet. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, but getting to the to to the root of the matter, I mean, obviously we're going Flash versus Arrow. Yeah, and for me, obviously, I'm I'm a little. It's very hard to read that. Like, if you're getting punched. That many times, let's just offhand say maybe 300 punches mm-hmm. uh, per what? second. Something like that. In the back. I mean, yeah, I, I, get mean, the I, like, Barry I like... I get the impression that Barry hits like a toddler at this point. Yeah, he I'm going to say, I like, I like Barry a lot, but I feel like he, he's not great at punching. Like, you look at those stringy little arms, and I think it's like getting slapped by a cat. It's and just like, sort of... <laughs> like, Oliver lived on, like, an abandoned <laughs> island for a couple of years. With and, psychopaths! And yeah. And hunted men, and you know, and and his, his girlfriends little, were lethal. Like the first dates like, involved killing, trying to kill each other. It was just he can take three hundred nerd punches. Is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, or so yeah. maybe at the end, of like the day, he's been through like the chamber of a hundred wooden men. Three hundred nerd punches. That's like that's the foyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> he's peeing a little bit of pink. You know, no. at, the, at the end of the day, he's got no real bruising. His his kidneys I'm, are a little. I know. I'm more concerned about Barry's arm after yeah. Barry punching someone 300 times. So. I, I think it's, I think, I think like physically speaking with his little stringy arm, it's the same sensation as, as being slapped by your cat. Like when your cat is playing with you, he goes pep, 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 pep. And I think Barry may like have the form down for throwing a punch from Joe teaching him. Cause you know, Joe like took him in the backyard. was like, Barry, you're going to get beat up a lot. Here's how to throw one punch so you can go down with some dignity and, and, and gave him the form. But again, Barry looks like he'd blow away in a storm. And I'm pretty sure that when he punches, it's, it's, look, it's, it's Oliver, a cat is hitting you. How cute. It goes from there. I don't see there being any, you know, there's velocity is not the same thing as force. Mm -hmm. So even if he's hitting fast, there's no guarantee that he's hitting hard. Death by a thousand paper cuts. He should eh. just carry a piece of it's paper true. around I mean, with him. You know, yeah. force is mass times acceleration and his mass is not great, but his yeah. acceleration is. Should should be solid, right? Yeah, but there's and, no, you know, there's they, no they, mass I there. thought they made that fight. You know, it, it does. It, it's a draw, but that, yeah. they made that pretty exciting, and it was well choreographed. And you know, Oliver uses a lot of gadget arrows more. I feel like more so than he he normally does. That you know, he, 
you don't you, you save those up for Barry, I guess. Yeah, uh, I yeah. like what I liked about this episode is even if you didn't, if even if you don't watch the Arrow on a regular basis, there's you get a good idea of what the show is about because it's oh, it's a really dour man who has two sidekicks who keep him from crawling up his own rear with with bad feelings. And then you get the idea that he loves and respects and admires Barry precisely because Barry has all of these personality traits he himself lacks. And so he needs Barry. And he's like, well, here's what I can do for Barry is I can teach him to not get himself killed when he tries to punch someone 300 times with his stringy pipe cleaner arms. Um, But what I love more about that episode is if you are familiar with Arrow, there's that Easter egg scene at the end where he walks by the mother of his child. Yeah. And she's calling home to the kid that she had. Presumably sitting on her millions that Moira paid her off with. And I'm like, ooh, wow, there it is. And um, it's either a plot or it's not, like in, in upcoming seasons. But I like how the writers took the time to lay it down. Yep. So that's it. Have they, we've seen her before, right? That was not the first time. We saw her she, in flashbacks. Or did we see her later? We saw her in flashbacks in the Arrow when okay. we find out that Oliver gets her pregnant when he's like 20. Like when he was in college, yeah. Yeah, and... um. Moira calls the woman aside and says, look, I'm sure that you have things you want to do with your life. Here is the deal. I'm going to fill your bank account with seven figures and you can either choose to have your kid, but do not list Oliver as the father and do not ever contact him and break up with him and so on and so forth. Or you can choose not to have the kid and the young woman in question elects to tell Oliver she's miscarried, moves to Central Central City and uh, he runs into her in the coffee shop like much, much later. And she's all, oh, okay, whatever. And then right after right after he walks out, that's when she gets the conveniently timed phone call where it's all, mommy's home soon. And you're like, oh, there we go. There it is. So that's it. But- I was kind of surprised that that scene was in an episode of Flash as opposed to being in an episode of Arrow. I guess. Well, there's no good way um, to plausibly put it in an episode of Arrow. So yeah, well, I it think, could have been in. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think right. it was meant um, to encourage. I think it was meant to encourage crossovers at that point too. You mm-hmm. know, with with you people, you'll watch. You know, you're watching Arrow now. Watch this too, because we'll we'll mm-hmm. give you more backstory on people. This is why I find it also significant that in um, every interaction that Felicity has had with Doctor Wells, he's alluded to how smart she is and how she does great things and so on and so forth. And it suggests that he knows something about her backstory that nobody in the Arrowverse knows about her backstory. And that's like another reason that people will tune in is, oh, what else will get dropped? So, Well, and they were doing a little bit of service for those who were coming over to the Flash from mm-hmm. Arrow. Yes. And giving them a little bit of a hookup. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it, I thought it worked pretty well. I actually I, I watched it with someone who had not seen Arrow, and they were able to follow it along yeah. uh, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um they leave Roy behind, and I feel like, yeah, you know what? That that, that makes, makes sense. To that me. makes sense. <laughs> you know, I'm not like sure. I think of him as important because he, he, you know, he, he gets a mask, but uh, he's not as important to the team dynamic, I guess. Well, he he kind of is, and he isn't. But I don't think Roy would have been super comfortable working around Joe because Roy is, you yeah. know, remember Roy was going through his big oh I've. Roy was going through problems. I'm not sure like what I should spoil or not spoil on a season of Arrow that's already been done. Um, <laughs> but Roy was having his own problems with law authority at that moment. And also Roy has shown some insecurity about his own brain power. And so sticking him in a room full of nerds would have probably also like ratcheted up the anxiety. Roy would have been a hot mess that episode. So it's, it's just for the better. 
you know. Also, presumably, Roy is, let's just say, afraid of trains, so he can't yeah. he can't travel to Central City. That's canon, I think. <laughs> well, he drives a real cherry car, so he can't. Uh, yeah. he, he doesn't want to. You know, he doesn't want to put them put the mileage on it. Yeah, you know, and public transportation is just not not, know, not, that's not his gig. <laughs> no. So we are we are once again talking about characters who are not on Arrow regular, who are not on Flash regularly. <laughs> We're adding spice, Explore, exploring the their fears and motivations. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. Let's unpack them. This is, this is exactly. So. so let's actually move on to episode number nine, which is like a, a humdinger and a game changer, and actually gives us plausible reason to talk about the people who are on the show. <laughs> so this episode, in reality, in the, in mm-hmm. the continuity, this was after the break. Mm, I think this was the, the this was the, the break. this was the lead into the break because it was it aired on December ninth. Okay, okay. The reason we and, the reason we it didn't register with us is because I believe it aired the same night that the Sons of Anarchy finale did, and we were all too busy with that. That's right. That's but right. this was also, uh, I mean, ostensibly, this was kind of the episode uh, that we all watched, and we're like, oh, wait, yeah, maybe we should do a podcast about this now. That's right. right. Yeah, this is really exciting. So exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. backstory, people, po- podcast backstory. Yeah, there we go. This is our origin story. <laughs> yeah, we well, watched this episode, and we were like, well, we're not talking about Sons of Anarchy anymore. Nope. What are no we going to do Sons now? Yeah, yeah. Let's go to a so, show that's completely different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so guys, let's talk about the thematic links between Sons of Anarchy and the Flash. Uh, no, don't do that. Well, actually, um, no, I, I, I could, believe it or not, spin an entirely, a, a not entirely based, based argument, because <laughs> one of the things I notice about episode nine is it really doubles, it begins to embroider Barry's three dads as a theme, mm-hmm. like, like really strongly all the way through, because he does have these things with his three dads. At one point, Joe and Dr. Wells team up with, no, Barry, no, and we're telling you what's good for you, and this is what's good for you. And... um there's a heartfelt scene with his dad in the prison. And then there's another heartfelt scene where Joe, where Joe was all, you know, I thought I was doing some, I, I was like, I had no idea how this was going to work. I was a single dad. Money was tight. I thought I was doing a good thing by bringing you into the house, but you changed the dynamics. Our family needs you, Barry Allen. Our, the world needs the flash, but I need you because you are the person who has this really resilient, joyful spirit, no matter what. And that's like a great validating moment. So yeah. The show. He has that line, that that scene, uh, mm-hmm. that the Barry. You've seen more darkness than any man, but you're still like this beacon of hope and light. Exactly. Like, that is that is like everything you need to know about the Flash. And it seems like not. this was mm-hmm. yeah, and that was like a touchstone because they started to. I think it worked so well. They yeah. they kind of peppered it in mm-hmm. the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Yes, my three my three dads definitely comes out in full force in this episode. Um, but also, I have to say if total jerk move to pull the I love you, I've always loved you business on Iris. Like, I know that Barry's a beacon of light or whatever, but like when Iris is moving in with her boyfriend, the last thing you do is but I've always loved you because that is honestly the last thing she needs to hear. And at this point, he's he's saying it, I'm snarling to the screen, if you loved her, you'd shut up and help her move. (laughs) (laughs) Pick up a box, kid. Yeah, Um. no, it's it's because it's completely unfair what he did to her. Like, he whammies her... He he pulls out the rug, and now she's going to be questioning, like, actually any sane woman, any sane woman in actual reality would be questioning their entire friendship. And uh, although, to be fair, the way they write Iris, when a man gives you a replica of your mother's wedding ring for Christmas. Yeah. And well, there's thought, a whole thing with yeah. rings in this episode. Yeah. Right? There's a yeah. lot of, of, of people thinking about and holding rings. Yes, because Dr. Wells has the ring at the very end. That's a that's Caitlin a- has Ronnie's ring. Um, yes. Yes. You know, and then and Joe or sorry, Eddie gives Iris a thing that looks like it's gonna be a ring, but then it's not. Uh so there's there's some there's there's a theme there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
but yeah, the the Barry confessing his true love to Iris is kind of a really unfortunate, and that's kind of like a trope for like the you know the the pro- proxy for the viewer in a lot of genre fiction is like you know the nerdy protagonist like confesses his love to the girl, and then up- upon that confession, she realizes that she has loved him all along. Except that's not you know that's mm-hmm. actually. Like a super awkward, creepy thing to do to people. Right? It is, yeah. And well, now wait a minute. Now wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All let's right. just let's just let's just. I want to. I want to go a little bit behind the curtain into the gentleman's realm. Every now and again, when there is that you know love triangle, sometimes a guy will go and pull his ace, and his ace may not play well, and it may not work. But it's that idea, ooh, if I just go ahead and say it, maybe I can turn the tide. And mm-hmm. he you know, and maybe I get that moment where she's like, Oh, this is dumb. I, I've always loved you too. Doom. And that's what he's thinking is gonna happen. It doesn't happen, but it's the long game. It's at mm-hmm. least to get it off of his chest. So mm-hmm. I have to say, having been on the receiving end <laughs> See a, a few times. Of people, of people who I yeah, thought they, were friends, yeah. and then like a few years down the line, pulled the long game, and then were like, "You should have seen it all along. You should have known all along." The idea that someone was not my friend for the sake of being my friend, but rather because they were playing a long game with more libidinous intent—that does not win hearts and minds. I'm not it saying it's it good. Does not I'm make, just saying no, that's it does, what guys what I'm do. Saying, what I'm saying is it's oh, okay. the dumbest so, yes. strategy alive. It is the don't ever do this. It will it, yeah. it will I'm sure what like we'll post this and like five thousand people on Twitter are like, actually, but like don't do this. It's unfair to the person you're doing it to. It makes them question everything about their motivations, uh, about your motivations. Mm-hmm. It makes them wonder, you know, is is my people picker broken? Why do they think this is okay? What's going on? Like I realized that that you know part of Barry's whole thing was I didn't I've loved you since before I knew what love was blah 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 but like <sighs> dude you have had a decade to act on this you guys have been adults in the age of consent or hovering around the age of consent for nearly a decade you could have used your words at any time and you know <sighs> it is a little and they and especially it's a little forced because there's yeah. the kind of like. You've been so obsessed with like solving your mother's murder. That yeah, that's like why you didn't. Re- and it's like really, really because no, I just now no because I don't. I'm not Barry was that. not. That obs- feels more like Barry was you not guys so obsessed. The love triangle for the show. Yeah, yeah, Barry was not so obsessed that he couldn't make eyes at Felicity for heaven's sake. Yeah. I mean, like Barry was a multitasker. That was our first introduction. You know, like literally the uh-huh. episode before, you picked up Felicity, who did not ask to, and then zipped across town, and her shirt burst into fire. So, yes, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that was last week. That was last but yeah and the thing is is eddie doesn't deserve this either well the speed force is yeah. a hell of a drug <sighs> it, it is it's we don't know what it's the long term effects on the maybe, mind maybe like decision making maybe yeah. like reggie bivolo's side effects are still wearing off or something maybe yeah um yeah and you know i mean it, it it's it, it is i mean i guess this is kind of his his flaw right is that yeah. he is he, that he has this blind spot around that because it's like i mean you know, we don't have the trope where Eddie is like a jerk or like a. No, I mean he's he's kind of he's dopey as we've discussed it. He's, yeah. um, but he's not like a meathead and he's not abusive. Um, there's there's like one episode. I guess it's I guess it's it's later. He he flips mm-hmm. out at Barry and I guess he kind of has a temper, but that 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 felt like that was written in for one episode. Um, yeah. Is it, it it? I mean, in general, he's like super nice guy who's like you know like 
risking his life in this civil servant role and like totally taking care of Joe and like you know he's he's seems like you know he's not like a jerk that that uh Iris needs to be rescued from or anything. No, no, that's and that's I, I applaud the writers for for not making Eddie a jerk for making him a really mm-hmm. nice guy. Um what I don't applaud is the fact that they make Iris seem oblivious when yeah. the truth be told again if somebody who you regard as a brother is all of a sudden like here is a wedding ring I know you've been thinking about this since we were in the fifth grade together. Mm-hmm. Like you know, she was raised in the same house as he was by the same person he was. Like, Joe would have surely sat her down at some point and said, Iris, look, here here are all the ways that boys are going to try to do a head number on you. Here are all the things you can do to counter it. Because you know Joe wants her to, to, to like, go out there prepared and with a nice sharp knee. And so instead, oh, Barry, you're just like a brother. And then when her boyfriend is like, look, I'm super uncomfortable with the way Barry regards you and he's handing you these things. She's like, oh, don't be silly. And I'm like... Iris, don't be dumb. You're, 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 she's not a dumb woman. That's the thing is they're writing her as somebody who is smart at looking at big stories. And I guess, oh, she's smart at big stories, but she's not so smart at seeing what's in front of her. That's generally not how it works, though. Well, and what what is good, though, is mm-hmm. eventually through the season, she gets better. Because, you yeah. know, for the longest time, and it's probably somewhere in the next mm-hmm. couple episodes, she actually, they, they write a brain for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it it's I, I can't so do we want to do the how young is she supposed to be well right? the thing is is Barry's, the actress is 27 yeah but like sometimes it feels like the character is written like she's like kind of like a college student has still like figured stuff out and you know yeah people experience a wide range of maturities in their in their 20s but it's the character is inconsistently well, well, the, written you, and depicted you raise an excellent point too because if she and barry were in fifth grade together mm-hmm. and he's already a csi with a couple years on the force under his belt Mm-hmm. And one presumes at least a graduate level degree because he's dropping science like somebody who's at least done an MS. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Is she, like, he does mention having degrees in physics and chemistry. Exactly. So, like, why you know. is she still? Well, you I'm know, launching I mean, a blog. And I'm a barista, and I'm finishing it. She mentions finishing a thesis at some point, and that should take I'm a journal. Say, I would you know, love it if I, they like. I've got friends in similar life states who are significantly older. Well, than well she, what she I would was like very to big do in the sorority system. Well, no, like, well, give yeah. me an explanation where she's like, she decided to be an au pair for a couple of years and then came back to the States or she, yeah. or like she did, or, or she did like the, the, the student conservation corps and planted trees up in Washington before coming back to central city or mm. like give a plausible reason. Cause she's been working at a, she's been working at a, a, a food co-op in Blue Haven for a long time. Exactly. Now she's back. Exactly. Cause the thing is, is Iris, we've seen the Iris we've seen is focused and ambitious. Yeah. And hustling. So why would she be this much further behind Barry in terms of career development? It's not it's not a question of temperament because like we, we've all known people. I've, I've known people who didn't get their degree until they're in their mid 30s because they were actually working at, like a food co-op, like not in Blue Haven, but like similar. And like or they dropped out to follow the dead for a couple sure. of years, which is what a friend of mine did back when the dead were a thing. And oh. Yeah, no, actual thing that happened. Dropped out. I'm just, I'm just <clears throat> la- laughing at your ridiculous California people. But you know, continue. She was a Virginia person, believe sure it or not. Was. Yeah, yeah. No, we went to Virginia Tech together, and she dropped out to follow the dead for a couple of years, and then came so, back. And so I, I, I didn't think that was a thing that actually. Boo, happened, so. boo, hiss. Um, <laughs> you, you liked it. You liked it. I know, but like, Iris is not. It's like nobody actually thought through this woman, and that mm-hmm. I think is a disservice that the writers did to her really early on. And uh, it it doesn't help the case with Barry at all. Yeah, so. she's she's kind of built incrementally when they're like, we need a thing for this and that. And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I thought, you know, the, there's the the weird kind of mini subplot in these last few episodes and that then culminates in this one with Ronnie, which also doesn't really make any sense because like Ronnie is like skulking around and he's like he's following Caitlin like in a parking garage and then they talk to him and he's basically angry that they talk to him even though he's yeah. been following her and it's like it that also feels disjointed and yeah. weird. And you know, I mean I say one thing I really like about the flash that we see even in these early episodes, there's all these like dropping of pieces where we get mm-hmm. little little bits that are gonna play out later and some of them way, way later. Uh, but the the firestorm mm-hmm. uh, early arc is kind of like not well thought out. Yeah, right? it's no. he's under a bridge, and then he's yeah. gonna fight Reverse Flash later, and yeah. he's gonna yell at well, Cisco like, and he Caitlin. Comes but it's like right in the middle what, of that what? fight, and you're like, why couldn't you have come in earlier? But because 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 yeah. unlike when the Flash fought the Arrow, and you're like, look, it's it's a set of kitten arms floating away at Green Arrow. Yeah. Like the Reverse Flash looks like somebody who knows how to fight. Yeah. And, and um, he's, yeah, I don't think they knew what they wanted to do with Firestorm yet. Yeah, and so they were kind of. Mm-hmm. But they know they wanted to drop bits of him. Yeah, um, so are we going to yeah. make him kind of dark and brooding? Are the are do the kids like that, or do they? It's do- also it's some of the more awkward like it, all the shots with him. Like he's there and they're doing CGI, and then it's like the shot of people reacting to him. So like we never see like. It's never like Caitlin and Cisco in on the same in the same shot with him, and, and so it feels like very disjointed uh, because it it is disjointed. Because, like, <laughs> he, he, was, he was, I mean, probably there's a tons of scenes where like they were the actors were not in the same place. Um, mm-hmm. So it, yeah, and there is the weird stuff where uh, you know where they yeah, and and Wells chides them about it that they never mentioned him that like yeah, there's this guy skulking around in your basement mm-hmm. with, who's made of nuclear fire. And he, yeah, he's that guy that you think is dead and who you feel bad about. But in terms of, like, what's skulking around the basement of that place, like, given that there's now a super complex for criminals, like, they're like, oh, what's one one nuclear-powered dude who... Don't talk to me. So, do we want to do the the Scooby noise and start? Yeah, let's do it. Because episode nine... So here's the question I've been trying to figure out. Maybe I should go back and rewatch the whole season. We It was established later that... um. Dr. Wells had effectively set up like a, a, a hologram. Yes. Right? And a recording. A yeah. recor- so how did the recording beat up Dr. Wells in real time? Um, I mean, I guess it's fake, right? Well, Caitlin's treating him for I guess he's himself in the face. I, and I guess he's doing it so fast that, that nobody the, knows. That is the question is, is you know, <laughs> are, I, and he can do the kind of like be in two places at the same time speed mirage thing. Oh, okay. Um, and but you're right, he does get beaten up and he gets treated. Yeah. Um and Caitlin's not like, wow, this looks like corn syrup that somehow died red. Like there's none yeah. of that. It, like he looks like he's just been and the first time I watched that scene I thought, wow, that well, wow, wow, wow. Um actually Reverse Flash question. really committed to it. But are those are those wounds from uh him hitting himself or are they wounds from the flash slash firestorm? So how would he have got I guess the next question is... Or am I missing the order of events? Well, what happens in the episode is there's a fight, and then they go into capture, and Dr. Wells, who face is unblemished, and he's in his wheelchair, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth, and then um, the reverse flash comes in and somehow grabs Dr. Wells, pulls him into the little bubble, and begins beating him up. Mm -hmm. And then um, Joe freaks out, smashes a heavy piece of machinery, the the (laughs) who's he, what's he, or whatever. and that causes the reverse flash to disappear, which we find which we'll figure out later is oh it's it's a mirage. So mm-hmm. the mirage disappears. It leaves Dr. Wells, except Dr. Wells is now considerably bloodied. So mm-hmm. the question then becomes 
if it's him who was hurt from the previous fight, how did he appear unhurt in the wheelchair? What, were there two mirages going on there? or? Well, now wait a minute. Because we know when Cisco turns and figures this all out, that mm-hmm. that was a hologram. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, geez, this is getting kind of confusing now. Yeah, and this is the thing I'm, I'm a little confused about now that I've seen it within the context of the whole series, is how did Dr. Wells get beat up by a hologram? Or how did Dr. Wells get beat up by the, the speed mirage? Like, can speed mirages actually lay hands on people and beat them up? I guess we don't... Yeah, that's, that is... That it is it is not as clean, I guess, as if they had not interacted at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it also like I mean that was our big when we saw this like what's going on because he beat him up, but then he also has a yellow suit in the closet. That was my whole. And then he does them? the and then he does the um, what was really what I love about this episode because there are a couple things like when Barry's talking to the Reverse Flash and he's like, "You already know who I am. You've always and he's like, "We've been I've been we've been doing this for years." And I went back and listened to the dialogue, and I thought, wow, he tells him the absolute truth, because Barry already yep. does know him and know who he is. And he's right. They've been at this for years, because he came back and killed Barry's mom and all that. Mm-hmm. And then when he says, Merry Christmas, in the voice, and I thought, oh, my God, he does the same thing Barry does, where he just vibrated his voice, so it was unrecognizable. And I thought, that's mm-hmm. a really nice parallel. And that's something I didn't mm-hmm. pick up on the first time I watched the episode, like back in December last year. But that episode, the first time you watch it, there's all these swerves because you're like, I remember speculating on the way up to episode number nine that we're going to find out that Dr. Wells is the reverse flash. And then, oh, he can't be because the reverse flash beat him up. But wait, there's the yellow suit. But wait, there's the ring. And and maybe he's the Mm -hmm. flash from the future. And this episode does a great job of, of, of setting that stuff up and making sure that every line that the reverse flash speaks is like 100% the truth. Like he never lies to Barry. And I found, Mm -hmm. I, I was like, that's remarkable that. Even at this point, he's not capable of lying to Barry. But well, I'm super, I'm, I'm super I, confused I, about the. I'm super confused about beating up Doctor Wells, though. I think I need to go back and watch it again and just check because I guess the question is later, especially like mm-hmm. how does it, you know? Because Reverse Flash presumably has super healing, like mm-hmm. like the Flash does. Um, but yeah, how do you how do you fake that? Because I'm thinking, did, didn't this start the whole controversy of? This being Eddie, like Eddie could potentially yes. be a part of it. Yeah. Because well, cause Eddie is there, because the reverse flash busts out of the thing and, and he beats up all the cops and leaves Eddie unscathed. And he and gives a like, look at what is that? He yeah. gives Eddie a good long look and then goes. Mm-hmm. And then later, Eddie's kind of waked up by it too. All, oh, why didn't he beat me up? And uh, at that point, I guess if you're going to, well, let's, let's fling ourselves forward to him. Maybe at that point, he's like, well, what will this do to, my, to, to me in the future if I harm Eddie? And then, mm-hmm. like later, he decides, "Well, I can harm him because he's insignificant." But, That's uh, a great idea. Mm-hmm. That, but see, he mm-hmm. knows that he ha- does have significance. You know, as we see at the at the season finale, yeah. he yeah. does. But mm-hmm. and it, you know, he didn't want also to touch him. in. And he, I mean, I could see him also being like kind of freaked out about the timeline right now because that's kind of the theme. As we now that we know Wells's, you know, plans, um, the theme in the previous two episodes. Like, I mean, the Flash gets zapped. And apparently him getting his powers back is not a certainty because he goes into the thing and sees that, like, well, now the timeline is completely screwed up. Yeah. Because the Flash was not supposed to, which is weird because that suggests to you that the Flash was not supposed to get zapped by that guy. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's not part of the, 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 the default timeline. Mm-hmm. And then he's, there's the, the thing uh, where he's super freaked out about the Flash working with Arrow, right? Yeah. And presumably just because, like, that's a giant wild card in all of his, like, 
you know, branching tree structure of, of possibilities for the future that he's trying to control. Yeah. Cause like, um, what if they start the justice league 10 years early or something like yeah, that? Yeah. That, that, that doesn't work for him. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, well, you know, you brought up a great point. Now, I forgot about this. When Wells confronts Felicity about mm-hmm. who the who the arrow is, yeah. do, mm-hmm. does he? I mean, I know he comes flippantly out like, "Oh, you better call Oliver Queen uh, the arrow." Yeah, what, he's did I playing miss something. The, he's playing with her because you know you think about it in episodes eight and episode nine. Um, you know, he lays down that that journal entry where he's like, "Barry needs to get faster. He needs to become the Flash." And then that's kind of when the head games start. And you think about it, episode nine is pretty much meant to be the ultimate head game because he gets very angry enough to where he's going to start pushing himself even harder because now that he has something to fix his, now that he has something to fix his ambition on, like in a much more tangible way, like this is when we start to see him do some really crazy and what can I do? Can I run through trucks type stuff? But I think Dr. Wells is also like trying to get inside Felicity's head or to see what she's made of because Look, he's known her future all along, evidently. He knows who her father is. I, I think that that's pretty heavily implied. And he knows that Oliver dies when Oliver is 87 years old or whatever. So he totally knows Oliver is the arrow. He just wants to see if he can push Felicity into, into saying it or not, because he'll find out a whole heck of a lot about her if he can. Mm-hmm. And if, so this is him playing her and Lisa, playing with if, her. Yeah, Lisa, if, you know, like I kind of pushed you on the whole Oracle thing. Uh-huh. Because you're you defended it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um if Felicity was used as the Oracle, would that make sense? I think it does. I, I still think it does. Um the reason I defend the Oracle, um the I think if they do it, they won't commit to having her break her back and all that. I think what they'll do is it'll be don't forget, like over on the arrow, she's now like the CEO of a Fortune five hundred company. Mm-hmm. And that just got blown up. Yeah, that just got <laughs> well. Just just one office. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I mean, just look, one floor. Yeah, so I th- I think she made it'll deci- buff out. I think she may decide to become <laughs> <laughs> she may decide to become an information broker, but mm-hmm. I don't think in the CW Arrowverse that includes Felicity Smoke Super Hacker. I don't think you can plausibly introduce somebody else as a board information broker who's Felicity's equal. Like they've done a lot of work on both shows to imply that she really is like the best out there. Um, like they have not done a whole lot of work to explain why one of the best hackers in the world was content to work as an IT person for Queen Consolidated instead of starting her own company or something like that. But they've yeah. they've done a lot of work to establish that she's very good at what she does. And maybe you know, amazing benefits, and maybe she had a really uh, a boss that just did not you know was not was absent, and so she could just do whatever she wanted. Yeah, maybe that was. Well, you know. Well, well, and, you know, maybe well, she her boss was absent. Walter was her boss yes. in season one. That's why she got involved to begin right. with. Is she was like, so, I'm only doing this for know, Walter. It, I mean, it could kind of fit with her as a character type that like setting out on her own in an mm-hmm. entrepreneurial way may not have been where she was at the start of Arrow, right? Yeah. Though there is the, the, when that things don't work out and she is then working at like mm-hmm. that Best Buy knockoff, like that doesn't make any sense. No, so it like, really no, does. Wait a minute. What, this is so obvious now. If she's head of Queen Consolidated. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Palmer they, Enterprises at that point. Okay. And by the way, nice Palmer Enterprises e- Easter egg in episode number seven when Barry goes and, and paints the shelter that's being funded by Palmer Enterprises. That's oh, right. I didn't even notice it. I yeah. See. That's right. Oh, nice. Yeah. But, but if if Wayne and Queen Consolidated or Palmer, whatever, however that hooks in, mm-hmm. wouldn't that make sense that then, then she could hook up with Bruce Wayne? 
Maybe. I don't know. Bruce Wayne might be super old in the future. Yeah. Because so. we're not sure when, number one, we're not sure when Gotham is set. Like, they, yeah. they've been very, very careful about alighting technology. Mm-hmm. And um, number two, we're not even sure if Fox's Gotham is set in the same DC verse, yeah. for all we know, it's like one over. It seems like it's not. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there have been weird things, for example, where there's even, there's some crossover of yeah. bit actors, which uses me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Because, so. but um to get, but the I was thinking about, and I think the reason number not the ninth episode is such a freaking game changer is because it's the first time that, like, when you look at the arc overall, you're like, okay, the ninth episode is where Wells decides that it's time to start pushing Barry. And what I haven't been able to figure out, and this is where you guys come in, is if he's pushing him because he's like, all right, the faster he's the Flash, the faster I can get home. Or if he pushes mm-hmm. him because he's like, I am so tired of trying to be nice to this person that I really loathe, and I'm all mixed up inside, and I need to take it out on him. Or... Like, because, you know, in the last episode, we established, like, the last few episodes, we established that that he has some violently contradictory feelings towards Barry. He's like, like, he's grown to love and admire him in some ways, and yet he loathes the Flash, but he needs Barry to be the Flash. And I'm wondering if, like, the strain makes him crack a little in episode nine, which is why he's like, and now I'm going to put on the yellow soup, skip around and see what happens, confuse everybody, mess with their heads, get Barry all worked up. Yeah, because, I mean, his, his, his plan as it's executed is very weird, right? Like, I mean, yeah. he just... He shows up on our rooftop across the street from where Barry is looking at his, you know, conspiracy yarn chart about his his mother's murder. Yeah. And just to like, I mean, how long was he standing there waiting for Barry to notice him? Right. I mean, it's it's kind of it's creepy and it's unclear exactly what how does it fit in? And it it does seem like there's this kind of duality where, you know, he he kind of, you know, he has this it seems like genuine affection for uh, Caitlin and Cisco and Barry. And then he remembers that, like, you know, no, he can't be trapped in this time forever. And, you know, and everyone else be damned. He's going to he's going to get what he he, he wants from uh, from this timeline. Yeah. Uh, no matter how many people he has to kill. And he kind of and I don't know, there's that idea of, you know, is some of the original Wells still like stuck in him? Um, yeah. Well, they, they have Tom Cavanaugh doing press. And so, yeah. like I said, I can't help but wonder if because they they've killed off Yobard Thawne in in the final episode. Or rather, Eddie killed him off by killing himself. If mm-hmm. that kind of undoes, like the per- the, the face sucking and personality sucking and all so of that, so there could be a Wells that is not yeah. reverse flash. Like yeah. yeah, there's a Wells who pops back in, and he's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, wait, why is this 25 years later? Why is my wife dead? Why did I, why did I build this? This wasn't going to be ready for another 15 years. And I was like, okay, yeah. look, this dude has had your face, and here's what he's been doing <laughs> with it. Um, and you know, there's, I mean, I think I forget if I've talked about it before, but one of the reverse flash or Professor Zoom origins. Mm-hmm. Is that like there's this guy from the future who is basically a huge fan of the Flash, and then he finds out that he is fated to become to kill the to to, to to kill the Flash or to become his greatest enemy. Yeah, and like that, like you know, like he can't deal with that and he breaks. Um, yeah, and and so I don't know. There's they play with that dynamic a little bit because he he does seem to have genuine feeling for Barry, and then sometimes Barry is just this cog in his plan, and he's got he's trying to figure out how to. How to get that cog spinning as fast as he can? Yeah. Well, at the end Whether of the it's day, through rage should, or through friendship. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, you're you're even the greatest of villains is still a human being for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. So you're the longer you stick around these people, the longer mm-hmm. you're gonna you know cultivate this relationship, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes it you know it makes it harder to you know to act on these you know the nefarious plan. True. Mm-hmm. True. But yeah, but I think he wants to get the heck out of Dodge, and he's he yeah. just wants Barry get fast, you know, get get the Speed Force, 
fully working so I can use you to jettison mm-hmm. back over to my time. Mm-hmm. And he got he gets the tachyon device, which I don't I don't think I ever totally understand what that does, but because that comes up later where he has that like in his wheelchair and it's allowing him to access the speed force in ways that he can't right now. Yeah. I guess. Well, um, aren't tachyons those, aren't tachyons those subatomic particles that move backward in time? Yeah, they're theoretical. I've yeah, been told. So. Yeah, so perhaps since all of us have this, this, this. Oh wait, tachyons are the time traveling particles. Maybe the whole yeah. point to the tachyon device is it's supposed to give him mastery of the time aspect of the speed mm-hmm. force because mm-hmm. the one thing we see when Barry experiences the speed force and does a super fast running is you see all of these different alternate timelines that he could go down past, present, and future. And so maybe the whole point to the tachyon device is to give Dr. Wells an ability to get onto the on-ramp as it were. Mm-hmm. So uh, <clears throat> a real quick scientician uh, of mm-hmm. knowledge here. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> after watching cosmos, the tachyons mm-hmm. uh, is, is theoretical in that it can travel faster than the speed of light, which no nothing should be able to fat you know go that fast mm-hmm. ah okay good to know i have not science science yeah, we, we, occasionally, we occasionally break it out <laughs> let's say i was a biologist so cannot help here <laughs> um, I speed of light it's a funny yeah. thing yeah. no it was, i think there's gonna be a reset i think come mm-hmm. season two we're gonna see reset I've I've read some stuff, so I won't I won't spoil anything. But oh no, I, spoil I me! I Phil can unplug see... for a few minutes, but I want to be spoiled. So there's gonna I've, I so I mean you remember how we see the the hat um, mm-hmm. from yeah. original Flash? They've cast yes. Jay Garrick. They've yeah. cast Jay Garrick, so we're gonna see that. So the, and the premise therefore is that like there's gonna be stuff that takes place like on Earth too. Yeah, and I believe they've cast uh, Wally West. Yes, um, he's Iris's who... nephew. Did you remember me talking about how awesome it would be if he was Iris's nephew and they brought another person of color onto the show? Yep. They're doing um, it, and the question I wasn't sure: Will he be a Kid Flash or Impulse or something, or will mm-hmm. he just will he be Wally West for a while and then later be a you know later have powers? So like that's a lot. Like like there could be like crazy like you know meetups with like three or four speedsters where they're just hanging out and you know I don't know playing ping pong at super fast speeds or, or whatever you do. Yeah, oh that'd know, be great with your powers. Uh, eat tacos. I would um, love to find out how Yobard Thon knows Jay Garrick though, because that implies yeah. that. Jay Garrick is somehow like the policeman of some time stream or or, or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Well, and there is also because uh, Eobard Thron knows um, the guy from the time traveler in Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He mentions that his time pod is like based on that guy's design. Rip something, Rip Hunter. Is that right? Um, yeah, Rip Hunter. Uh, he yeah. mentions. So I don't know. I am prepared for crazy stuff. Um, so I hope that season two brings us crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope so too. Crazy would be awesome. I didn't even realize that, like, that Wally West could potentially be a relative of the West. Yes. That's the, the last name should be the thing that clues you in. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. would seem yeah. like that, but for some reason it, it was just like, Duh. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and, yeah. I got nothing else. Yeah. So, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of flashes that could show up, so yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see. What happened? Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, you know, episode nine is. I think that's like that was when I knew I was kind of, kind of hooked, and that this was gonna get be, gonna be really exciting. Oh yes. And yeah, I really didn't. I didn't remember episode seven so much. And uh, no, I'm... you know, episode eight is fun. It's solid, um, but seven is pretty forgettable. Yeah. 
If there's other episodes that are equally forgettable. Yeah, I think I Seven was them. our first lead into the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe that episode 10, which is our first, our podcast, podcast triumph episode mm-hmm. is, uh, the rogues are back. So it's, it's, that's, that's like a one, two punch there of excitement. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome sauce. Well, have we said everything we want to say about, uh, about the three episodes that we, uh, covered? I think we've I covered think them so. quite well. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think we've said it. So, um, I think this is the start. We thank everybody who tuned into our summer hiatus episodes and our our, yeah. our speedy tour through the first nine. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're if you're listening from the beginning, you have many more to go. Yes. If you're listening in the order we've released, we, now we have a bit of a hiatus. Yes, yeah, so we have a bit because the October. I think October sixth is when the flash finally comes back. And, and I think we'll be back, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Can stop us. No, yeah. this is this is how that how you stopped. Um, and for those of you who actually followed us over from Sons of Anarchy, um, two exciting developments there, one of which is his new show, The Bastard Executioner, which we will not... I'm not committing to any podcast until we see how good or how bad the show is, because... That's, that's a good that, idea. That's how you end podcasting through Detective Season 2. Oh, <laughs> <my. laughs> um, and also there, also, there was there was news this week that reportedly Sutter is working on a spinoff of Sons of Anarchy, which would cover the Mayans. So if that show comes to fruition again, we'd have a good hard look at it before we started podcasting. Wow! It. But, yeah. yeah, I only, I only, I only uh, blind uh, make a commitment to one one TV show. Exactly. Time, yeah. But so you know what was think, what was really funny yeah. was I remember like because Phil had read me some headline where Sutter was talking about a Sons of Anarchy prequel, and I just was ranting about how prequels are mostly useless and Gotham should show us all that prequels as backstories are just set up for failure and disappointment and said the only way i'd watch a sense of anarchy associated property is they took a look at one of their clubs like the mayans and then like this hits like three weeks later and i'm like (laughs) what (laughs) you you gotta watch what you say out loud lisa television execs are always listening always (laughs) if they're uh, listening in my car i'm kind of excited that uh i mean constantine was an awful show that i watched all of and uh the yeah the the actor and character John Constantine will be on Arrow, so so I like that. I am super um, excited to, to see that. People are speculating. Yeah, people are speculating that he is. I don't. This may even be confirmed. I'm just hearing it secondhand that he'll be involved in the resurrection of White Canary. Yeah, or something like that. Um, but I, I like John Constantine a lot, even though the actor uh, they cast almost every media interpretation of it has been uh, not great. <laughs> so they cast yeah. a great actor like for it. Mm-hmm. So it was just just really really. The Keanu Reeves Constantine movie is maybe kind of okay by Keanu Reeves movie standards, but it's not a good adaptation no. of the. Of, of the I like the movie a lot. Story. I did. It's like just the it's, movie. it's 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 yeah. it's not a good adaptation of the story because it's they yeah I mean but yeah it works okay as a movie if you're one of those people that wants a, a you know and especially a, if you'd a, never read it a spiritual if yeah if if you want it to be a faithful adaptation mm-hmm. uh, like sometimes I I'm that kind of comic book nerd it's not that yeah. And then there's people who want a shot-for-shot remake, and it's like, I don't understand why you would need make that into, you know, a movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's a comic book. You can read the comic book for the shots. But, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, again, thank you to everybody. Um, and even though we all came together over Kurt Sutter and Sons of Anarchy, we are not committing to any of his projects right now. <laughs> Sorry, Kurt Sutter. Well, we want to see how it turns out. For all we know, yeah, like, we the bastard execution. we just don't have execution. complete faith in you. No, <laughs> and we shouldn't, given that finale. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's on you. That's a deep cut. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, um, (laughs) with you, I was Lisa Schmeiser. 
Uh, over Tony there is Sindelar. Tony. Yeah, that, that's Tony Sindelar over there. Mm-hmm. Talking over each other is what we do. Professionally. I know. That's, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> All the time. Silences. Oh yeah.